Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And there's going to be a lot of like cool things coming to Patreon in 2021. I think 2021 is going to be our year and we're going to add more to Patreon. Don't say that. I said that uh, b- before 2020 and look what happened. Well, I'm just saying for <laughs> our podcast purposes. Okay, like, look, it, we're like one day in and we're already doing Harry Potter. So it's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Are you just like super excited? I am stoked. (laughs) Uh, I have titled this episode, A Nod to One of Your Very Favorite Harry Potter Podcast, Swish and Flick. Yes, I love that. (laughs) All right. So the book was originally published June 26th, 1997, and it's written by the infamous J.K. Rowling. It got a Goodreads rating of 4.47 out of 5, and it's 309 pages, making it the shortest book in the series. I know you're really excited. There's for... some hefty books in yeah. this series. <laughs> um, and now is as good a time as any to mention that um, we just want to let everyone know we don't condone any of the personal beliefs that J.K. Rowling has. Uh, we just are big fans of the books and the movies and the fandom. So just yes. putting that out there. <laughs> don't add us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I we said 1997 it came out. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. I guess 1997 feels so long ago, but it probably wasn't. I mean, I was seven. When? How old are you when you first read the book? Uh, it took a few years. Well, the first time I tried to read the book, I read the first chapter and I gave up. I did the same thing and I never went back. I guess we should tell everyone right now. I have never read these books oh, before. Yeah. I have seen the movies all multiple <laughs> times, but I have never read the books because I read the first chapter. I was probably like. I don't know, 14, 15. I was probably a little younger than that. And I got so confused and then <laughs> never We'll talk went about why that first chapter doesn't really hook you. Right. <laughs> uh, the movie came out in 2001, so not too much longer after the book. Um, I feel like this day and age, though, it probably would have gotten snatched up way quicker. Like oh, yeah. They would have already had the rights to the movie before the book Absolutely. Even came out. <laughs> they would have had it already casted. Yep. Everything. Uh, it's rated PG. It's an adventure family fantasy movie. Two hours and 32 minutes, which is long for a 300-page book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Christopher Columbus, which a past episode, I won't go through his resume, but we, <laughs> we did that recently in a past episode. And he is probably one of the richest guys in the world because of all the movies he's worked with. Um, I guess Steven Spielberg actually dropped out of becoming the director of this movie. Uh, and also, but he actually recommended M night Shyamalan when he dropped out, um, for the project, but ultimately he turned it down. Uh, it would have been, I think he would have done a good job with it. He probably would have put himself in there as a wizard, but (laughs) (laughs) I I know of M night Shyamalan, but I don't know that I've seen any of his. Yes, you have like what? The Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. Uh, signs. <laughs> I've never seen Signs. It was, on TV. signs. it was on TV the other day. It was great. We watched it. <laughs> but he's infamous for putting himself into all of his movies. Oh, he does little that. snippets. So the IMDb synopsis reads, An orphaned boy enrolls in a school of wizardry where he learns the truth about himself, his family, and the terrible evil that haunts the magical world. I have a problem with this. It's a, it says he enrolls. 
he doesn't enroll. <laughs> no, he, he gets didn't even enrolled. <laughs> they enroll him involuntarily. Right. And by the way, I'm still waiting for my letter to Hogwarts, just saying. Well, you're a little old now, I think. That's eh, fine. <laughs> so some fun facts about the book. Uh, the book, actually, I, I feel like most people probably know this, but it was originally named uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. But they that. changed it for the U.S. release of the book. Uh, the book was rejected 12 times by publishers before it was published, which... We know we've we've seen that before, but I just, just I couldn't couldn't sleep after that. I it, would I would think about that every night. Well, not only that, but like imagine if these books were never published. Like wow. my life would be completely different. I feel like. I mean, we wouldn't be wearing the shirts we're wearing right That's now. That's true. Um, just so everyone <laughs> knows, we're wearing our R and H. Um, perfectly enough, our initials are R and H. Ron yes. and Harry, Rosha and Hannah. So it's it's <laughs> ideal. So we're wearing those shirts. So the book has 77,869 words. The entire Harry Potter series as a whole has 1,100,086 words. That's a lot of words. <laughs> That's a lot of words. That's a lot of thought. words. I was like, a, I'm a numbers person, so I liked that. Wait, 1 million... 100,086 So 1.1 million words. words. Yeah. Yes. And only 77,000 of them were in the first book. <laughs> so Dumbledore is an old English word for bumblebee. J.K. Rowling said she chose it because she pictured Dumbledore humming to himself. Oh. And I totally could see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nicholas Flamel was actually a real person. He bought a book for, of alchemy and decided to make it his life's work to create the Philosopher's Stone. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then the word or the name Voldemort comes from the French words meaning flight of death. I did read, though, are you supposed to pronounce the T? Voldemort? Because supposedly T is, you know, in European language, you don't pronounce the T like Laurent. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Uh, um, I saw that somewhere, but... It could be in French that they didn't, but I know definitely in the movies they they pronounce the T. So Okay, we're going with the T then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the movie has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty Should good. Should be higher. Should be, but there's a lot. I mean, I was reading the reviews and there's a, there's a big like rivalry between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. That doesn't surprise and, me. And uh, I mean, I, from what I know of Lord of the Rings, I think I'm going to like both of them, but you, there's a right wing and a left wing on, yeah. on that spectrum. Uh, but a lot of them are saying that they're, you know, Lord of the Rings is so much better. So I think they, why would you even compare them though? They're perfectly perfect in their own ways. Well, during our Karen reviews, there's one Karen that had, a lot of things to say about how Harry Potter is a ripoff of Lord uh, of the Rings. Okay, fair so, enough. Okay, so the budget was $125 million, okay. so about a dollar per word, evidently. <laughs> Take a guess on what the worldwide gross is on this movie. Worldwide? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to say $730 million. You're wrong. Oh. One trillion. What? Six million nine hundred and seventeen thousand six hundred and sixty-two dollars. Just on this book. Yes, on this movie. Yes. Or sorry, this movie. Yes. Wow. Worldwide. One J.K. Rowling is loaded. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to like see the breakout of like what money goes where. Wow. Yeah. And that's just this one. I mean, we still have what seven more movies to I go mean, after. Yeah. This? If you think about how many times this movie is played on on cable television and mm -hmm. all that stuff like that's, that's crazy so again this is one of those books that we talk about book movies that we talk about that 
you could do a whole episode just on the facts and the mm-hmm. Easter eggs throughout everything that happens in, in these movies. But a couple of facts that I pulled out that I thought were interesting is that obviously child actors in this movie are abundant mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they still have to do schoolwork while they're making these movies. And so I guess to make the school scenes seem more real they had them doing their schoolwork oh, during funny. those scenes so i'd be like okay this is like double dipping <laughs> right but also like two birds one stone exactly uh jk rowling actually revealed on her website that she considered playing lily potter in oh. the movie herself which i can see because she kind of i mean kind of. you know a little bit um but ultimately she ended up turning down the role but i'm glad she did it would have been a, an m night Shyamalan <laughs> moment <laughs> uh so the scenes of hagrid's hut uh were filmed on location on a small patch of land in london um not in the studios and it was one of like the few scenes that were actually filmed on on mm-hmm. site and not in a studio uh they actually ended up demolishing the hut after the after the shoot wrapped because they didn't want fans to swarm it and everything. That's so no fun. I know they should have just moved it right. to somewhere. I don't know. Like universal studios <laughs> fast <laughs> forward 20 years. They should have known. <laughs> True. Uh, during the making of the Harry Potter movies, which I think is probably the entire series. They said that Daniel Radcliffe went through 160 pairs of glasses, which I'm like, what are you doing with these glasses that they kept breaking? Well, I mean, in the later movies, obviously, we'll talk about that when we get there. But he does have some, like, fight scenes and, like, other things where he's not just, like, standing there. So True. I can see him, I mean, like, I break knocking my, them off. I, can, or... <laughs> I break my glasses just, like, walking to the bathroom. Well, see, there you go, then. <laughs> um, oh, you know what we do? We need to share the photo of our Christmas tree at work that we did a couple years ago. Yes. Our Harry Potter tree. Because this next fact made me think of it when... For our Christmas tree, we did the floating candles mm-hmm. from the ceiling. And I guess when they were initially filming it, they, they like rigged them up, like suspended them with like actual candles. And at one point, the, the flame burnt one of like the strings or something oh, no. and like it started a small fire so they ended up nixing it and just doing cgi candles yeah. i was like i appreciate the effort right but, but like whose idea like who thought that would be a good idea <laughs> probably the guy with the budget <laughs> True. Uh, but speaking of cgi um i we will talk about it in a little bit uh the special of visual effects of this movie are not Best. They're terrible. They're not great. Um, and actually, in a in an interview, Christopher or Chris Columbus said that he was disappointed in the visual effects and that they seemed very rushed. Um, and he sought to improve them in the next in the next film. There's one scene in particular that I'm thinking of. I'll mention it when we get there. Yeah. So I, I mean, if he admits it, it's okay if we True. <laughs> if we admit it as well. <laughs> um, lastly, because we love food and everything. Uh, all of the food in the Great Hall and all those scenes were actual food. Oh, my gosh. Um, at least in the first film. So they were saying how, you know, they had roast beef, they had ham, they had all the trimmings. Well, you know, unfortunately, like, this stuff takes a really long time to film. Mm-hmm. And I guess by the end of these scenes, with all the heat lights and everything, it just made everything smell disgusting Ooh. of, like you know, just an unpleasant odor. Yeah. Uh, so in the next films, they actually ended up doing like really good, like casting and, and frozen types of food to make it look really real. But <laughs> see, they really wanted to go authentic with these, I guess. Well, and I, like you said, I appreciate their effort. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the cast, so this is what we're going to do. So we're not obviously going to go through ever this. All these movies have a million characters yes, in them. They do. Um, so, 
I picked out the ones that are important. I think very important to this film. That's fair. Uh, the next, you know, the next episode we do, we won't talk redo about these, <laughs> redo them Perfect. and we'll add some, some that were probably in the first book as well, but sounds good. So obviously though, we'll start with Harry Potter. Yes. No, no need for an introduction. <laughs> uh, it was played by Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, since doing Harry Potter, he's done some pretty, some, some other movies. He was in the woman in black, which is a scary movie. So I'm assuming you've never seen it. No. <laughs> um, he did. Uh, one thing is going through all these characters, a lot of them after Harry Potter have done a million different TV series. Not many of them have done film. film yeah. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe has also been on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies <laughs> or uh, series. Uh, he voiced a part in the Simpsons and then worked on a, uh, a series called miracle workers. So, but before Harry Potter, he was only in one other role and it was called uh, David Copperfield and he played young, young David. Uh, and that was in 1999. And they said that casting Harry Potter obviously was one of the biggest challenges because they wanted to make sure they got him right. And I guess they ended up auditioning like 5,000 boys for this. I'm like, these casting directors. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot. (laughs) Um, But it ended up that Chris Columbus saw Daniel Radcliffe in David Copperfield and he showed it to the casting director and they were like, this is our guy. Yeah. So if he wouldn't have gotten that role, you know, in 1999, who knows if he would have been true Been Harry. It's, it's hard because when I received the books, I received like all four, the first four as a gift, the movie had already kind of like, there was already buzz around the movie. So Harry is always Daniel Radcliffe to me. I, I miss being able to like think about, who I would have pictured or what I would have pictured Harry looking like. True. Because you don't get that. But I will say, I mean, I don't know what the very first cover of the book looked like, but the copy that I have has a kid on that that looks like Daniel Radcliffe. Right. And I think that's a copy that came out before the movie. So they, they so hit the nail did, on the head. I think they did a pretty good job yeah. with him. So Albus Dumbledore uh, is played by Richard Harris in this film. Mm -hmm. As most people know, he did die in 2002. So he was in this movie and in Chamber of Secrets before he passed away. Um, I was reading a little bit of his bio. He was like a really, really good rugby player. Like I guess could have gone professionally. Um, But he ended up getting a really bad case of TB. And so he ended up becoming an actor. Interesting. So he was like a a handsome young gentleman too. (laughs) Um, um, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I prefer Dumbledore version two. We'll, we'll get, we'll talk about that. But. I don't, it's like kind of like deciding which Santa is better. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I love them both. <laughs> I just love the Dumbledore character, I True. guess. Um, but Richard Harris actually only decided to take this role on after his 11 year old granddaughter, um, threatened to never speak to him again if he didn't take it, <laughs> which that's I feel cute. like it's got, that's got to be the ultimate threat well and i'm sure she's getting the she's reaping the benefits of his uh you know the money that he's part of his trillion dollars yeah (laughs) and so the next uh character is hagrid everyone fan favorite yes (laughs) um he is the one in the book he's called the gameskeeper Mm -hmm. i believe and in the book he's more of the movie the movie he's keeper of keys and grounds at hogwarts yeah so Um, just fyi i basically know this movie like by like verbatim so <laughs> you may hear Good me to know. <laughs> bring uh, quotes up here and there um but i didn't know this that he is actually one of britain's most popular comedians i didn't know that yeah, either so before he got this role he was a really popular 
comedian and probably still is. Um, but he was, he, or since Harry Potter, he's done voices at, in Arthur Christmas. Um, he was on a TV show while he was filming Harry Potter called Cracker. He's been in Ocean's 12 and has been in two James Bond movies. So. Ocean's 12. Wow. It uh, just clicked for me. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, you just don't, I mean, you'd never think that. No. So. Well, he doesn't look like um, that. But, yeah, I love Hagrid and mm-hmm. I think he did an amazing job. And I this agree. has got to be a hard role to play because... At least in the book, I had a hard time reading his parts because mm-hmm. he, he has broken British, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but he brought this character to life for me. Absolutely. Yeah, my guess is he doesn't speak like that normally. So I that's would got, probably got to be a lot harder, <laughs> too. Uh, so Ron Weasley, everyone's favorite redhead, mm-hmm. Harry's um, best friend, is played by Rupert Grint. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Grint? Um, he's done a ton of different TV series after Harry Potter. Um, Servant, uh, the ABC Murder, Snatch, Sick Note, um, and was also in Ed Sheeran's Lego House music video. Uh, the, the world's other favorite ginger. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I have the biggest crush on Rupert Grint. Uh, I do <laughs> like him a lot. He's so cute. And I will say, to your point of like, they've done a lot, like normally kids that have these very specific roles they find it hard to like you know find things after Mm -hmm. the fact but i feel like they all did a pretty good job of of doing that like yeah having life after harry potter well but i also think the popularity of of these movies helps out like whatever you want to do people are gonna be like okay true uh hermione granger who is um you know, her, I think her character probably evolves more than anyone else's. Totally. Um, in throughout looks these. and in character. Yeah. So, um, but one of Harry's best friends throughout the series um, is played by Emma Watson, who um, boyfriend Ray would call Bay because mm-hmm. he loves her. He's I not mean, wrong. No, she's great. Um, this is actually her very first credited film. So, I mean, they were all pretty young, but she hadn't done anything before this. Um, but she knew at the age of six that she wanted to be an actress. So, that's so you cute. know. I she, see a lot of me in her. <laughs> Like Minus I would be the that trillion friend. dollars. Well, yes. I meant in the character, not, yes. not Emma Watson. Um, but different from her other co-stars, um, she has done a lot more on the big screen. She was in Beauty and the Beast, uh, Little Women, Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, and a couple other, you know, smaller movies. Uh, but she did state that she absolutely hated her hair in this movie. Uh, and so in the following movies, uh, they made her hair a little bit less messy <laughs> and more wavy. <laughs> I, I relate to her so much with her hair because that's yeah. what my hair used to look like. Yeah. But I think that was actually part of her character development too, is that, you know, she looks like a little kid in this and yeah. then it's like everyone, you know, at some point you figure out how to do your hair and right. what looks good. So um, I loved her. I mean, I think, I think she's great in everything she does. I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Draco Malfoy, who is, uh, the villain, I guess. Kind of the villain bully. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> uh, is played by Tom Felton. Um, he's actually a very talented singer, I guess. And he ended up uh, declining to join the Guilford Cathedral Choir at one point. Um, to do this? Yeah, to, to just pursue acting instead. Oh. So, um, he, but he's been on a bunch of different TV series, including The Flash, Murder in the First, and Rise of Planet of the Apes. Interesting. <laughs> uh, he did admit, though, that he had never read any of the Harry Potters before auditioning. Which we've actually kind of heard a couple mm-hmm. times throughout uh, doing the podcast. But during auditioning, uh, Chris Columbus actually asked everybody, like, what is your favorite part of these books? Like, he wanted mm-hmm. to know. And when it came to Tom's 
to Tom's part, he said that his favorite part of the book was at Gringotts. And the only reason he said that is because the person before him said that and he heard it. Uh, and Chris Columbus saw what he had done and he thought it was that he was thinking very quickly and that it was funny and it was actually kind of very Malfoy of totally. him. Um, so that ultimately got him the part. That's hilarious. Also, I love the way that he says Potter. Potter. <laughs> I saw a meme earlier a couple weeks ago that <laughs> it was like a cat with its like lips puckered and it was like... <laughs> Or no, it was actually for Snape, but he does it the same way. It's like Snape's uh, face when he's trying to pronounce Potter. (laughs) (laughs) So Neville Longbottom, who is part of the Gryffindor house, uh, is played by Matthew Lewis. And I mean, we just have to talk about the glow up, really. Literally the world's best glow up, in my opinion, in TV and film history. (laughs) Right. Well, and I remember uh, when that came out, if you don't know what we're talking about, Neville is a kind of a chubby looking dorky kid. Totally. Really throughout this, these entire films. Until the last one. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, when was it like three or four years ago, he posted a, these like gorgeous GQ photos like in his underwear. And I remember JK Rowling, like tweeting something about like, can you give me a heads up next time? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but he, I mean, I love his character throughout this. He's the perfect, like, like you just want to root for him. Like you love him and you just want him to, you know, you want to, you want him to be happy. (laughs) Yeah. And like everyone else, he's been in a ton of different, uh, series throughout after the Harry Potter, but, um, but yeah, I loved him. He was great. Yeah. Uh, next character, uh, Professor Snape, uh, is played by Alan Rickman. RIP. He died, unfortunately, in 2016 at the age of 69. Um, he's also the voice of the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. He was in Love Actually and in Die Hard. So he has some pretty big names of mm-hmm. these movies that he did. Um, but he was actually handpicked by J.K. Rowling for this role. And he actually received uh, special instructions about this character um, from J.K. Rowling herself. She actually... She never told anybody the real backstory of Snape, um, but she only revealed it to him to help him with this character, I guess. It worked because he does an incredible job with this role. And obviously, as we go through the different books and movies, like to me, this is his role is the epitome of you hate him to you love him. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there, but yeah. yeah. And, and I remember reading an article a while back after he passed away about how he was one of the most delightful people to work with on set that he's actually one of the funniest people they have worked Mm -hmm. with because he has still has that like really dry sense of humor. So very sad that, you know, he passed away so young, but very thankful that he was able to create all these movies without them having to, you know, replace him. Professor McGonagall is played by Maggie Smith, or I should say Dame Maggie Smith, (laughs) because she is a queen. Yes. Uh, She has two Oscars, one for uh, actress in a leading role, one for a supporting role. Um, And she's famously known for her acting in Downtown Abbey. And she's amazing. She's great. Um, She also is famously known for having been battling cancer the Mm -hmm. entire time she was filming these movies. So like props to her because you would never be able to tell. Yeah. But yeah, perfect, perfect casting for that character, I thought. Um, next character is Dudley Dursley. Oh, God. Uh, played by Harry Melling, who we have seen a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Devil All the Time that we covered. And he's also in The Queen's Gambit, which have you watched that yet? Not yet. It's on my list. And I also just found it. It's a book. 
Oh, good. Yeah. I actually just, uh, I uh, got it on, at the library. Not that I have time to read it, but it was available. <laughs> so I took it. Uh, but he, <laughs> again, he's, uh, his character develops throughout the, <laughs> out the movie as well. Unfortunately, it's not a love to hate. It's just a hate the entire yeah. time. Um, but I mean, I think they ca- casted him perfectly. He was very much of the, um, the awful, like Willy Wonka character kids. Yeah. I'm know? not sure if you're going to mention it later, but um, one key difference is that he is blonde in the book. Oh, yeah. He is not blonde mm-hmm. in the movie. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then the next character is Professor Quill. Qu- Quirrell? Quirrell. Quirrell. Ugh. <laughs> is played by Ian Hart. Um, and he's also been in a ton of TV series. I mean, he really got the short end of the stick. He was only in one movie. Hey, it um, happens. But he got it. I mean, he. I thought he played the role you know, very well for, mm-hmm. for what it asked for. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, he who must not be named is played. You're going to bring him up in this one. Well, I'm bringing him up in this one because in this movie, he is played by Richard Bremer. Oh, okay. And this is the only Harry Potter film that he is gotcha. in. Okay. Um, but he was also in star Wars rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, again, got the shaft because yeah. he's, he's just the head, right? He's just the okay. head. Um, but then he was he was not asked back on a second date <laughs> yeah, because he gets replaced by someone way better. Yes. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. So, um, but that's it. So that those are the ones we'll cover now. Obviously, there are more characters from yes. the first movie that we will bring into the next episode. Can I just stop down and say again how excited I am that we're doing these? <laughs> My mouth is already dry. Like, are we an hour in already? <laughs> Only about 26 minutes. Mm. All right. So obviously I had to do this. Um, this is normally when we start our games. Um, I've added a new game and okay. we will continue this game throughout the, the books Great. and the movies. Um, it's what does this spell do? Oh, geez. <laughs> these should be pretty easy. It might get harder as we go. Do you know um, that Harry actually doesn't do one spell throughout this entire first book? That doesn't movie? surprise me, honestly. It's very interesting. <laughs> it I thought. Is. Well, he's still he's still getting his, you know. Well, he doesn't even try. They don't even well, have him try a spell. That's because he's got great um, right hands in in Hermione and Ron. Sure. All right, Wingardium Leviosa. Um, that one makes things float. Yeah, fly, float. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, Petrificus Totalis. That freezes people? Yeah. Like what they do to Neville, right? Okay. Uh, And then lastly, Alohomora. Ooh. Does that open the door? Yes, it unlocks doors. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was that or if it, um, that was the light one. On to who said it. All right, first up. To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Mm, That's a great quote. Dumbledore. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounded very wise like him. <laughs> I picked some easy ones just to ease us into this whole thing. <laughs> uh, next one. You'll soon find out some wizarding families are much better than others. Potter. Okay, that was Draco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and lastly, troll. Oh, God. In the dungeons. <laughs> Thought you ought to know. <laughs> <laughs> that was Professor Quirrell. <laughs> yes. Quirrell. I, I really just wanted to say that. So that's why I picked that one. Um, lastly. F. Mary Kill. Uh, just as a reminder, we cannot pick kids because they're underage. So yes. as we go through, you know, just that's why I'm not picking the kids. <laughs> Your <laughs> options for this movie are, or book, are Hagrid, Professor Snape, and Albus Dumbledore. Snape, Dumbledore. Hagrid. Hagrid. Okay. Based on these movies. What did you do? Roche's dog just licked me. Oh. <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> 
Um, I will. Oh boy, I gotta kill Snape this movie. You can't not. Okay. I will play a round of wizard's chest with Hagrid. Okay. And I will marry Dumbledore because he's very wise. Okay. Um, I'm almost the same as you. I will also kill Snape in this movie. and But I will marry Hagrid and I will, what did you say? Play a round of wizard's chest? Yes. With Dumbledore. <laughs> he's going to beat you. Probably. <laughs> All right, are you ready for this? Yeah, we're 30 minutes in. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging with us. We can start now. <laughs> All right. So the movie opens up on Privet Drive. Mm-hmm. Privet? Privet. Privet Drive. Um, there's an owl on the sign. I do have to... Every t- I love owls. Like, I think they're just gorgeous creatures. Yeah. Um, we know Boyfriend Ray is Native American. Mm-hmm. Owls are like a bad omen in the Native American culture. So oh, good. nothing owls can be <laughs> in our household, anything. But they're so, so cute. They're beautiful. So anyways, I just, yeah. side note. Um, and then we see Dumbledore and a cat, which, at, you know, if you didn't know any better, is actually Professor McGonagall. Yes. Um, and he starts taking the lights out of the street lamps, which happens in in the books. But that's not how the book really starts. No, which is exactly our point about if you if you were a kid and you read this book, it, it, you started it, you there are actually a, quite a few people that have said, you know, that they stopped cuz they were bored. Um the book starts on the Dursleys. Yeah. Um about how they're the perfect, you know, family and they don't ever want to be thought of anything else and Mr. Dursley works at a drill company and this, this and that, but you get the feeling that this family has some secrets, but they don't want anyone to know them. Um, but yeah, if, if you, if you read this book, you probably were like, Oh, okay, well this doesn't sound any fun. Yeah. It was like really boring. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is happening? And then, then there's like a wizard and it was just very strange. Yeah. Very, I mean, very briefly, I'm not obviously going to go into the depths of it, but yeah, he, he, he gets some weird rumblings around London that things are going on. They even mention, you know, who in this first chapter, which, which one part I thought was very interesting that they didn't include in the movie is about how the wizards are living among mm-hmm. the rest of the humans or muggles. And you don't really get that at all. You you feel like at least in this movie that everything's pretty segregated. Yeah. But in the in the book, you get the idea of they're just living undercover. Well, and I think that the the point of that for the movie was to show you really like the world of yeah you know the wizarding world. Uh, as we move forward in the movies, you do get a, a little bit more involvement or inclusion between yeah. the two. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then the movie ha- brings Hagrid in right away. So we do get the fast forwarding a little bit is, you know, we get Honestly, Hagrid right away. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, but he flies in on his motorcycle with the baby and then he cries when he has to give him away. So sad. And then I love how they're like, you'll see him again. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> um, but they leave him on the doorstep at the Dursleys and, and really that's it. That's the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we fast forward and poor Harry's living under that staircase. The boy who lived under the staircase. <laughs> and uh, and the scene is all about uh, Dudley's birthday. Um, and Dudley is just the worst. Like the absolute worst 
child ever. Yeah. Well, he is like hardcore um, only child syndrome, even though poor Harry has been with them. Ever I, since I, he was I mean, that's even a, a I feel like that's a dig towards only child because this guy is awful. <laughs> um, but they're talking about how they're heading to the zoo and a little bit differently the the whole zoo scene harry in the book was not supposed to go to the zoo at all correct he normally um would be taken care of by their neighbor mrs fig that's an important name keep that in mind um but she i guess broke her leg or something and she was like well sorry i can't take care of him so they're like crap now we have to take him <laughs> yeah and then there's like a, another friend who's involved yes a, a guy named Piers who was not in the movie so anyways they're at the zoo now harry's talking to a snake <laughs> Which becomes very important later on yes. in the series. Um, and and then, of course, Dudley comes and, like, pushes him away because he wants to see the snake. And all of a sudden, the glass disappears. And then, uh, and then I think in the in the movie, Dudley falls in and the glass reappears and he's mm-hmm. stuck. That's not how it happens. In the book, he, that doesn't fully happen like no, that. No, he doesn't get stuck behind the, the <laughs> glass. Uh, but Uncle Vernon obviously then blames Harry for it and says it's all his fault. And in the book, they actually talk about a couple different times that weird things have like happened, mm-hmm. uh, that they always blame Harry for, but Harry doesn't know why they think it's him. Yeah. Obviously they know that he has a wizard background and that it's probably him. And that's why they're blaming him. Um, but they tell him there's no such thing as magic. So we get the idea that he has been told this entire time, uh, that magic does not exist until an owl drops a letter. <laughs> just right his his letter to hogwarts that you're still waiting for yeah, um and i loved watching this whole scene come to life because there's just more and more owls uh they talk about how even though it's sunday the owls are still coming <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um and that they're flying through the chimney and, and everything and i saw i saw a meme or something not too long ago where it's <laughs> You know when Harry's jumping up, grabbing all those letters? There's like a million on the ground. Literally every time I watch this movie, I'm like, just just pick one off, just off pick the one ground. Up. It's right there. <laughs> um, but obviously they go into a lot more detail in the book about how Uncle Vernon's trying to stop these letters from mm-hmm. coming. Um, but ultimately he ends up taking them all out of the house. They go to this little island to get away from, from these letters. And then it's Harry's 11th birthday which is very important in the wizard world yes. because that is when you basically become a man. Apparently. <laughs> you become a wizard. <laughs> um, and we hear this giant pounding on the door and it's Hagrid to save the day. <laughs> so glad they bring him in so quickly. Yeah. Cause and you he, get a glimpse of him and then you're like, wait, I want the nice cuddly man off. back. Exactly. And he brings Harry his birthday cake, which this is one of the very first differences, huge difference mm-hmm. because visually in the movie, He's holding this cake and it's pink and it's all kind of crushed. And it says happy birthday, Harry, but it's all spelt wonky. Right. And we see that everywhere in the book. It's not spelled wrong. No, but which I thought that was weird because he literally in the book then says he can't spell. Yeah. So I don't know why they changed it and and made it. I don't know, but I just love it. Cause I mean, now it's used everywhere. (laughs) Right. It's classic. And that's how I will always think of it. I mean, and another big iconic difference the very next thing Hagrid says to him says, you're, you're a wizard, Harry, which is, is known worldwide mm-hmm. that phrase, but that's not how he says it in the book. No, he says, Harry, comma, you're a wizard. Which and doesn't seem very different, but it is. It's extremely different and much more like, like, 
as an aside almost in the in the yeah. book. It's like, oh, like you're a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Not like you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. It's so <laughs> huge. It, it's just funny how like those iconic things that we know from the movie are a little bit different in the mm-hmm. book. So I mean, kudos to them for for changing it. Cause I wonder if they hadn't changed those parts, if if it would have been as big. I'd be curious to know if if um uh, the, the guy who played Hagrid just accidentally said it wrong and then they kept Maybe it he there. did. <laughs> Maybe the baker just spelled happy birthday wrong. <laughs> uh, but Harry finally gets his letter um, to Hogwarts and he finds out that the Dursleys actually, they knew the entire time. They knew that his, you know, his parents were wizards and they talk about how, you know, how he died, how his parents died, not in a car accident that they've been telling him his whole life. And this is where in the movie we get the very first, um, we hear the word muggle for the very mm-hmm. first time. And we find out that it means it's non-magic folk. I call muggles. I, I call people muggles all the time. <laughs> um, and then, and then Hagrid is so fed up with Dudley. He ends up giving him a little pigtail, which is so great, <laughs> which, which they touch on in the book a lot more, but. Oh yeah. It, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they end up leaving that night, which is different than it is in the book. Mm-hmm. So he actually, they, they end up spending the night in the hut on the rock and he wakes up the next, Harry wakes up the next morning and thinks, oh my God, like, was this all a dream? Uh, was it th- all? a dream (laughs) calm down biggie um and thankfully it it wasn't and hagrid's still there and that's you know they leave the next morning which makes a lot more sense why would you leave in the middle of the night when there's like a giant storm because the dursleys are awful i would have been like harry like see ya bye gotta go (laughs) well it's so funny too in the book they take the only boat to leave i'm like how did the dursleys leave the hut right (laughs) but who cares uh so but now we get to see harry and hagrid go shopping which is Diagon Alley ends up being one of the most iconic places throughout the yes. wizarding world. Um, but they go to a bar, which is known as the, what's it called again? The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Um, and everyone knows who Harry is. So, you know, Hagrid had told him like, you know, you know, you're famous and he's not totally buying it. And then he starts noticing that people know who he is and he mm-hmm. has no idea who these people are. Um, and this is also where we meet uh, Professor Quirrell. <laughs> Squirrel, squirrel. Squirrel. Okay, got yeah, it. There you go. Um, and, you know, he introduces introduces himself. And then Hagrid and... Hold on. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Big difference. Okay. In the movie, Harry puts his hand out. Quirrell does not take it. In the book, he shakes his hand and he does not have his turban at this point. Mm. So, big difference. What do you think that means? Well, <laughs> just that they basically comboed the fact that, like, like at that point in the movie, they didn't mm-hmm. feel like explaining why he had a turban at first and then didn't have a turban (laughs) i'll explain later why that's important but just fyi uh but they're in the back alley now and they haggard's touching all the bricks and it opens up to diagon alley Mm -hmm. and and harry ends up walking past you know one of the shops and has the nimbus 2000 broomstick um that everyone wants (laughs) and then but before they can go shopping they have to go to gringotts bank um to go get harry's fortune that he has uh they don't mention in the movie though about how it's not like 
real people money. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Well, it's like wizard money. Oh, you yes. can't use it. Like it's not a right. Dollar he can't pound. like go to London and like splurge. <laughs> right. Um, but it's all ran by these goblins who are awful looking. Yeah. They mean business. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, or so, but then they have to go down this like, uh, like roller coaster mm-hmm. thing, which, you know, I love, uh, visually. And I just, I love that whole scene. Cause you're like, all right, this is really like a totally different world yeah. than, than where we were at. Just imagine Harry, like, having to go through this for the first time like he's literally known nothing of this world like it's like the first time i went to disneyland i feel like right (laughs) and hopefully the first time i go to you know harry potter world thank you (laughs) i don't know why i just blinked (laughs) um but so they go and get his money but then hagrid you know also says that he has to go get something for dumbledore in a different vault while they're there um but yeah we end up finding out that harry is filthy rich um, you know, just his parents left him a ton of money, which, you know, maybe my mom will do that at some point. Put all her money in green gots and I can go get it. <laughs> all your galleons and nuts. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have to stop by vault, uh, 713. Um, and Hagrid grabs this little package. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is yet. <laughs> uh, but their first stop when they go shopping is to grab a wand, which in a second we'll talk about is not their first stop um, in the book. Uh, but they're getting their he's they're getting his wand for the very first time and <laughs> I love the guy the guy who runs this shop. He's just like no, 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 definitely not. No, no, no. But he's like they talk to me. I'm like this guy spends way too much time alone. I love him. But he tries a few different wands and then, you know, he talks about how like the wand chooses the wizard. The wizard. Um, and then he stops and he's like, I wonder if it's this one. Well, it ends up being the perfect wand for Harry. Uh, it's a, in the movie, it's described as a phoenix tail feather thing. Shake your tail feather. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and that its brother, the wand's brother, is who gave Harry that scar. Dun, which dun, is dun. very important. Yes. Um, I'm going to stop down right here. Okay. So I had, um, I had already done this, obviously, but I had Hannah create a Wizarding World account. Yes. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically an incredible website all dedicated to the Wizarding World um, where you can actually create a, a profile and it'll tell you specific things. So here, um, I would like to learn more about your specific wand. So please okay. tell us. My wand is a is sycamore wood with a phoenix feather core. Um, it's 11 and three quarters inches, and it's quite bendy and flexible. Interesting. Which I have no idea what that means, but that's it. Sounds like a great wand. Um, we're a little bit similar. Uh, my wand is a black walnut wood, also with a phoenix feather core. Ooh, maybe my- they're siblings. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, mine is 12... 12- 12 and a fourth inches long and it's hard flexibility. What is hard flexibility? That's an like oxymoron. It's, it's, it's stiff. <laughs> Not flexible. Not- <laughs> yeah. There is zero flex- flexibility <laughs> with this wand. Interesting. Um, something to note too, in the book, when Harry's going through all the different wands, like, Weird things do not happen in the book no. as they do in the movie. I think that was like added for a little bit of effect, which I like. Um, but and then uh, we'll obviously talk about this. But uh, Harry's list of things that he has to get um, in the book, they they kind of list them out perfectly, you know, uh, more in in detail. And something to note: this is what I, something that I love that J.K. Rowling has done throughout all of these books is make nods to things that will be important later. Yeah. Um, one of the books that he Harry has to get is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, which obviously is right. now a, a series all on its own. But I just I absolutely love that. There's a couple others that, you know, that he that she puts in there, but that, 
It's always that. interesting to me. I wonder with authors, like, do you write this stuff with the I with knowing what's going to happen later and mm-hmm. that you're going to come back to it? Or are you further down the line and you're like, let me go back to see what I referenced that I could bring back. That's a great question. Because again, like another one I didn't even mention earlier in the the, um, podcast, but uh, when they drop Harry off at at Privet Drive, um, Hagrid mentions that the flying motorcycle is Sirius Black's flying Mm, motorcycle. So it's like things like that that are just fascinating. But yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. (laughs) It's probably a little bit of both, I would assume. Yeah. Um, But like I just mentioned, though, that was not their first stop in the book in the book he goes to get his uniform first correct he goes to madame malkin's um which is basically a, a, a sewing shop shop that they make clothes um and he runs into a pretty awful <laughs> other little boy who basically is telling him that you know he hates non-magic uh folks muggles or muggle-born or muggle-born children and he thinks that you know the wizarding world should only be dedicated to those who are pure blood and and all that and tries to basically tell harry at this point he doesn't know it's harry but like why he's so great and why he thinks his family's so great and blah 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 um obviously that is draco we don't learn about draco until later in the movie I actually liked how they introduced him better in the in the movie. Oh, you did? Yeah, I just thought he was such like kind of an after, not an afterthought, but you don't really think of like, oh, this kid is like going to be trouble later on. Like in the movie, the second you meet Draco, you're like, yeah, I don't like this guy. That's like at, at first you're kind of, I don't know, in the book. In the book, different. he does, he does like, um he does compare Draco to kind of what, how he felt about Dudley. So yeah. you kind of get that feeling of like, oh, he clearly is not going to like this dude. Yeah. Like he sounds like a a-hole um so but i personally like the way that they introduced draco in the book not saying that the movie wasn't good but just different different (laughs) uh but after they go get his wand in the in the movie um hagrid ends up going to buy him his owl Mm, hedwig so beautiful um and then this is right when hagrid starts to tell harry about voldemort and kind of the story behind not fully story but like he doesn't understand why no one says you know his name Mm. and and everything like that so we start to get a little bit more of a backstory about him in the book he actually kind of begins that in the hut when they're actually still with the dursleys um but so at this point in the movie right after they're done shopping they immediately head to school Mm -hmm. and to platform nine and three quarters but in the book they do not go directly there no so something to keep in mind the day so harry's birthday is july 31st School doesn't actually start till September 1st. So I thought that was very interesting that Mm -hmm. they did that in the movie. Um, But in the book, he basically goes back to the Dursleys, um, spends essentially a month with them. Something else to note, at that point, they had given him the spare bedroom because they were so afraid that people were watching their house that they had given him a a spare bedroom. So now he has his own room. He takes time to look at his school books and things of that nature. But like, it's not something that really needed to be included no. in the movie, so I was fine with them taking it out. The only thing to know is that the Dursleys actually drop him off at yeah. King's Cross. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good omit. Yes. You know, for agreed. time. <laughs> but yeah, so now in the movie, we are on platform nine and three quarters or trying to figure out where it is. <laughs> right. Um, and this is where we get introduced to the Weasleys, uh, the, the Weasley Weasleys. crew, um, which is Percy, Fred, George, and Ron. Um, they don't, one of the things they don't really touch on very much at all is how Percy is a perfect mm-hmm. prefect. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how dumb. they. <laughs> Will you explain to me what that means? Because they don't go into much detail about it. So basically, it's like a almost like a hall monitor. <laughs> 
That's like the way yeah. that I ex- describe it. But it, they're they're essentially a older um, class of students who are in charge of their house, essentially. Oh, so kind of like a um, an RA in the dorms. Yeah. Yeah, Got it. basically, like, the younger kids can look to that person for help or, like, you know, directions on where yeah. to go and things of that nature. Yeah, they mention it once in the movie, but not not as much as they do in, in the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so they end up teaching Harry how to get through to platform nine and three quarters. Um, and you just got to run straight through the through the wall. Yeah. Have you been to London before? I have, but I've not you been to the... You didn't go to the thing? No. Boyfriend Ray's sisters went when they were in London. They have these really cute pictures Ugh, and stuff. That makes me so jealous. It's like super touristy, but... Well, yeah. They've embraced it. <laughs> you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they are on the Hogwarts Express now, which is... Actually, it was a real train that they ended up reusing for the movie. It wasn't something that they built for oh, the movie. <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> Reuse and recycle. <laughs> um, but at this point, I guess, I guess it's important to... Um, to point out that the Weasleys don't really know who Harry is at this point when he first goes through the wall. Right. Like they don't, they aren't like, Oh my God, you're Harry Potter. But when Harry ends up sharing a cabin with Ron, Ron figures out who he is and he's like completely starstruck. <laughs> In the book, it's a tad bit different. Um, Fred and George, the twins mm-hmm. actually help him bring his like case up onto the um, train. And that's when they realize who he is. And then they run back to the family like, Oh my God, guess who we just met. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> Um, but then of course, while they're in the cabin, uh, the trolley, the trolley treats come Mm -hmm. by (laughs) and you know, one of another term that is not in the book is Harry goes, we'll take the lot, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) I love, which, which you love, which is how you and boyfriend Ray basically bonded. Do you remember when we were at the Phoenix Suns game and the trolley, the treat trolley came over (laughs) and boyfriend goes, we'll take the lot and (laughs) your eyes lit up and you're like, oh my God, I love your boyfriend. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that. Um, but that's where we get introduced to the birdie bots, every flavored beans. And I actually contemplated buying a box for us to try, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to do it. So I wasn't going to make you do it. Oh, I would have totally done it. (laughs) Okay. Next episode, we're going to do it. Okay. Cause I've, I've had a chocolate frog already. Um, I sadly, um, lost the card. I was really upset about that. Who did you get? I had Grindelwald. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Maybe we'll do it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they talk about how they, then the, the chocolate frogs house, there's basically trading cards with inside of it, which is they go into detail um, about that in the book as well. And much then, more detail. Yeah. Much more detail. There's something specific on that card that comes into play later. <laughs> in the book, but in the not book. in the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get introduced to Scabbers, <laughs> which is Ron's rat. And he tries to turn him yellow and it doesn't work. No. Uh, and then, you know, stage left, Hermione Granger comes in, uh, and right off the bat, she ends up fixing Harry's glasses because his glasses are broken in the beginning part of the movie, which that part does not happen in the book. No. So Harry's glasses, I guess, just stay broken. uh, I think obviously we'll talk more as we go on, but. Hermione gets a much bigger role in the movie versus she the does. book. <laughs> she does. And another uh, one scene that, you know, everyone remembers is when she looks at Ron, she's like, and who are you? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Ron Weasley. And she's like, pleasure. <laughs> and every, you know, it's one of those. She's the best. Yeah. And it's something that they, I was so happy that they gave her mm-hmm. a bigger role. Another thing, um, a little bit differently, because we'll get to it in a little bit, but this, at this point in the book is when we get intro- reintroduced to Draco and his two sidekicks, Crabbe and Goyle. Yes. They basically come into their little um, 
what is the thing called? Cabin. Thank you. <laughs> and they're like, this is where the infamous line of like, you know, be careful who you mm-hmm. who you associate yourself with happens in the book. Well, and in Crab and Goyle, don't even get any lines in this first movie at all. That's they're there, but <laughs> it's fine. We don't need it. <laughs> but we have now officially arrived at Hogwarts, and they get into the boats, and we get our first scene of Hogwarts. Beautiful. Was it everything you dreamed of and wished for? Yeah. It's, it's still everything I dream of and wish yeah. for. <laughs> it's so... I. It's one of those movies, though, that you wish would have came later in life with, like, the 3D and, like, everything. Because it could have been so... Like, and just really, like, reworked and reimagined. Because that could have just been even more... But think about it. It wouldn't have meant as much to us because we grew up on these movies. True. I mean, grew up. I mean, I, it was, like, high school. Okay. <laughs> I grew up on these movies. <laughs> uh, and then we get introduced to Professor uh, McGonagall. And sh- this is where she starts to describe that they will be uh, sorted into their houses. And this is where we officially meet Draco for the very mm. first time. So it's quite a bit later in the movie. And, you know, he tells people, like, or he starts describing about how you have to be associated with the right people mm-hmm. sorted into the right house. And then he has that awful slick back hair. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, one part that I wish they would have kept in from the book is about how Ron's brothers had told him that, it, that the sorting ceremony was very painful. Oh yeah. That and was I was great. like, that is such a brother thing to do. Well, and those <laughs> twins, like they just love to mess with people. Yeah. So. Especially their brother, <laughs> but we don't get that in the movie, but, uh, but then now they are headed toward to the sorting ceremony in the Great Hall. And one part that I know you were very sad that did not get put into the movie was the sorting hat poem. Yes. It's actually really nice. Um, nice. <laughs> it's it's written really well. Uh, it's a little bit long, but the sorting hat did not get its day in, in the in the limelight. <laughs> no, I feel like, it, yeah, I mean, they very, they touch on it a lot in the book, which I appreciate. So um, if you'll, you know, indulge me, I will read the poem. Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. You can keep your bowlers black, your top hat sleek and tall, for I'm the Hogwarts sorting hat and I can cap them all. There's nothing hidden in your head. The sorting hat can't see. So try me on and I will tell you where you ought to be. You might belong in Gryffindor, where dwell the brave at heart. Their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. You might belong in Hufflepuff, where they are just and loyal. Those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Or yet in wise old Ravenclaw, if you've a ready mind, where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your real friends. Those cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. So put me on, don't be afraid, and don't get in a flap. You're in a, you're in safe hands, though I have none, for I'm a thinking cap. The movie would have been three hours if they would have kept that in there. <laughs> but it's so cute. Yeah. So unfortunately, we don't get the Sorting Hat poem, but we do get our first sight of Dumbledore at Hogwarts Mm -hmm. now. Um, And he starts to describe how, you know, the forest is off limits, you know, for the first years. And he introduces Mr. Filch, Finch, Finch, Filch, Filch, Argus Filch. Yes. And his cat, Mrs. Norris, who Mrs. Norris is a pain in the butt, but she's mentioned so much more in the book than she is in the movie. She's a key character. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But something else we didn't get from the book is Dumbledore actually doesn't talk about the forest being off limits. He doesn't introduce anybody. He just stands up and he just has a couple words to say. Do you remember what those words are? I wrote them down. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. And then he sits down. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't mean? know, but I love it. <laughs> um, so in the book, they go through quite a few students in the sorting hat ceremony. But do you remember who the um, very first person to get sorted is in the book? In the book? Yeah. Well, it's alphabetical. It's a female. Is it Lavender Brown? No. No, her name is Hannah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and she gets she gets put into Hufflepuff. <laughs> um, by the way, I really absolutely hate that they did not make it alphabetical order in the movie. Like, what was the rhyme or reason for how they did this order? Your, OC- your OCD got, got the best of oh, you. Oh, my God. But it made zero sense. Like, why would you not make it alphabetical order? Well, because they got, you have to do Harry last. That's fine. You can just do like a, like, okay, fast forward. And now we're at Harry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the movie, the very first person to get sorted is Hermione. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets put into Gryffindor. Next is Draco gets put into Slytherin without even if getting put on his head. Uh, Ron then gets put into Gryffindor with the rest of the Weasleys, <laughs> obviously. And then finally it's Harry's turn and they put, you know, put the hat on him and the sorting hat struggles a little bit to decide. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, which he does say in the book as well. Yeah. It's very and, similar to how it plays out in the book. Yep. And then they finally, he decides, and he is part of Gryffindor. Okay. Moment of truth. Okay. What house are you in? I'm a Hufflepuff. Are you? I am through and through Hufflepuff. <laughs> um, I'm a Gryffindor, and I have always wanted to be a Gryffindor. So when I did the <laughs> did the analysis and I got that, I was like, I mean, it, it knows me. Like, I, it, it just, it knows me. <laughs> I, I I belong in Gryffindor. See, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff, man. I just, I try to get along with everyone. I try to be loyal. Yeah. I feel like these are very true to their, their characteristics. I think so. I also have a really cool Hufflepuff jacket. Because this is the one that I've taken before. I, I, I've i known what house I've been yeah. in. And I was like, I hope it, <laughs> this one gives me the same one. And it did. Good. Um, But I bought this really cool Hufflepuff jacket last year that oh, I, I'll show it on, my, on our Instagram. It's pretty sick. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous that i don't have a gryffindor one well and it it, it works out again with the initials because h mm, hannah true. hufflepuff you know whatever <laughs> oh then i probably sh- should have been in ravenclaw oh well oh, anyway well. um something to note in the book when the hat is placed on the students uh, it actually talks very quietly mm-hmm. and like only yells when it's yelling the actual name of the house that they're mm-hmm. in in the movie they change it like i feel like most people can actually hear what the heck the the hat is saying well they took weird. away his poems they had to give him something so sad <laughs> But after, so those are the only ones that we see get sorted in the movie, um, obviously for time. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, we feast. <laughs> we get to see one of the feasts. And I mean, Harry's just got to be like, again, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory with all, like all these foods that he's never been able to eat. Yeah. Um, but then this is where we also get our first scene or our first look at Professor Snape. And, you know, he kind of looks very sinister, mm-hmm. taking your word. Um, so we're not exactly sure who he is at the moment. Uh, but the next thing is the ghosts arrive. <laughs> I love the ghosts throughout this entire yeah. series. Um, in the book, they arrive actually a lot earlier they're like basically there when they arrive at hogwarts mm-hmm. and and one one ghost who has a very big role in the book is is it peevy peeves peeves it's peeves but peeves. you're actually wrong because he's not a ghost he's a poltergeist which if you ask any ghost adventure cast member it's the same thing right but he's what i'm trying to say is he's not part of like the house 
ghosts, like the ghosts that are like Sir Nicholas and the Bloody Baron. Like he's not part of that role. He's got a separate role. But he's still a ghost. Sure. Just not part of the cool, the cool ghost. Right. Well, because, (laughs) because he has a very, he's very prominent in the books. This is actually a big pet peeve of mine. Huh? Funny. Mm. Um, That he's not in any of the movies. They take his out. they, They take him out completely. Yeah. Which I thought was so very. Sad. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, but we get to meet one of the ghosts, the ghost, uh, nearly headless. <laughs> the Nick. goat of the ghost. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nearly headless Nick. And uh, you know, again, one of the bigger lines is he- nearly headless. How can you be nearly headless? <laughs> and it's said by Hermione in the movie, but in the book, I believe it's Seamus mm-hmm. who says it. Poor Seamus. I know. Well, to my point earlier about, like, she gets a bigger role and you kind of just lose a lot of the other... Mm -hmm. um, Wizards. You you lose a lot of the other supporting actors. True. (laughs) True. Uh, So, but now we're headed to the dormitories and we see the changing staircase, which gives me so much anxiety every time I see it. Because I I feel like I fall off the dang thing. (laughs) Um, And we see all the moving pictures and we finally get to the... The head of the Gryffindor dorm, which is basically guarded by the by the fat lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the movie, we see the picture of her and basically it just kind of opens up and they walk right through. In the book, it's different. It's like a tunnel. They have to crawl through it. You have to like jump and crawl through it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, there's no way I would get through that. I'd be like <laughs> the kid trying to climb the rope in, in gym, in gym class. class or being the fat girl who can't run the mile. Yeah. Like, And that happens to Neville. Neville and I are spirit animals. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so they can just walk through easy peasy Mm -hmm. in in the movie. Um, But this this beautiful dormitory and look nothing like my dorm in college. I didn't even live in the dorms. Consider yourself lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now now they're all settled into Hogwarts and it's their first day of class in the in the movie. And Ron and Harry are late getting to class, which I think I think in the book they actually talk about how they kind of get lost. Yes. Because this place is huge and they've never, you know, yeah. seen it before. Um, and they get they come in, they see the cat sitting on the on the desk, and they're like, oh my gosh, thank God, the teacher's not here yet. And one of the iconic scenes is McGonagall <laughs> turning from the cat into her human wizard figure. Yes. Uh, next though, then they go to their potions class, taught by Snape, and he immediately quizzes Harry and I, I'm watching this and I'm watching Hermione put her hand up and I was like, that was Rosha in class. Oh, hundred percent. This is why I'm telling you she's my spirit animal. But yeah, she he, is me. But he almost, he quizzes Harry almost exactly how he does in the book. Mm-hmm. Like same type questions and everything. But then now they're out of class and all of the mail arrives from, from the owls, mm-hmm. which I would like my mail to be delivered by an owl as well. I would well. too, actually. That'd be nice. <laughs> and this is where Neville, Neville, and this is where Neville gets his remember ball. And rememberal, <laughs> rememberal. <laughs> it's a remember ball. Okay. In my head, it's a remember ball. Um, but we find out that it's this little ball that turns red when you forget something. And one of the things I thought, what I what I read is in the movie he it turns red, mm-hmm. and in the book they talk the same thing. He's like, it's saying I forgot something, but the thing is I don't remember what I forgot. Mm-hmm. In the book, he's not wearing his his robe. And that's why that's what they say that he forgot was his robe that everyone else is wearing. Oh, and then this is where because Harry ha- is not getting mail, <laughs> so he's reading no. other people's mail. He reads one of the uh, newspapers and he finds out that someone broke into the Gringotts Bank, and um, and he finds out that someone tried to 
to rob the vault that Hagrid was at. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first watched this, I was like, ooh, Hagrid is the one who, who broke in. Like, and I was like, what is happening? That's not what happened. But Definitely not. <laughs> no. But now it's time for their flying lessons. And, <laughs> which is so funny when Ron gets hit in the face with the broom when they have to try oh, to yeah. say up or whatever. Um, but Neville, <laughs> Neville gets on his broom and he starts to go completely out of control and he ends up breaking his wrist. And that's, that's what happens in the book, right? Yes. And this is the um, scene in question where the CGI is absolutely terrible. <laughs> it's real bad. The, when he's like falling down and like, that is clearly not <laughs> it's real. real bad. It's like he's falling, like he's like a rubber, rubber man falling. Yeah. And then it's like, then they flash to like a real person on the ground. Yeah. Like it's awful another thing to totally random but um uh, flying lessons are taught by madam hooch which is to my knowledge the only um teacher who is not referred to as professor Mm. so i thought that was interesting Interesting. um so but now so the teacher took neville off to to take him to the hospital wing and draco uh takes his remember ball (laughs) how did you pronounce it rememberal rememberal rememberable <laughs> and draco throws it and harry you know gets on his broom and he catches it and and you think he's gonna get in trouble mm-hmm. but he doesn't mcgonagall is not mad when he catches them <laughs> she's impressed what i want to know is how fat how how did mcgonagall get from her in the movie yes. from her uh, office in that tall building all the way down to the field by the time he flew down I don't know. Maybe there is a wizard, um, you know, time thing, like where they can put themselves somewhere else really quickly. Like I can say, oh, I'm sure there is abracadabra, and <laughs> it'll take me back to my apartment. <laughs> that would be so nice. I know, but anyway, yes. Um, but she takes him to go see Oliver Wood, and Oliver Wood is the captain of the Quidditch team, um, and she says that they found him a seeker, and then we, f- you're like, what's a seeker? <laughs> Um, and you know, it kind of gets, it doesn't go into much detail at that point in the movie. Um, but something that they added is Hermione ends up, you know, is talking to Harry and Harry's like, I don't know if I can be a seeker, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, it's in your blood. And she takes him over to the trophy case to show him that his dad was one of like the best seekers, mm-hmm. you know, that the school has had. And that doesn't happen in the book. Uh, they mentioned that he was a... He did play Quidditch, but they don't specifically say that. I, I'm almost positive that he, his position was not Seeker. His dad's position was not Seeker when he played. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So this next sequence of events happens quite a bit differently. We we actually miss a huge scene from the book here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing in the movie, we are back now on the moving staircase. And it's Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And... They're running away from Mrs. Norris because she's, they're in a spot where they're not supposed to be. Like, they get lost on the moving staircase, which anyone would. Right. And it takes them to a floor that they're not supposed to be on. They're on the restricted third floor. And so they're trying to get away from Mrs. Norris, the cat, because they think they're going to get in trouble. So they end up going through this locked door that she uses her little spelly spell to get through. Alohomora. Yes, that one. (laughs) Um, And they walk through and they see Fluffy for the very first time. And Fluffy is the three-headed monster dog. (laughs) What do you mean? He's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that is not how it happens at all in the book of how they run into Fluffy. No, it is not. Um, So basically in the book, they, they get into a 
argument with Draco and Draco basically says, how about I uh, challenge you to a wizard's duel? And Harry's like, what the heck is a wizard's duel? And Ron's like, yeah, I'm his second. Who's yours? And he's like, I think he picks a crab. Um, but basically they plan to meet up at midnight that night to have this wizard's duel while they are like sneaking out and Hermione ends up finding them. And is like, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, like, don't worry about it. And she's like, well, she leaves with them to keep berating them and then realizes, oh no, she can't get back in because the fat lady's gone, so she can't get back into the dormitory. Um, then as they're walking, they run into Neville, who apparently um, has been sleeping out on the hall because he can't get in either. <laughs> right. um, so all four of them uh, get to, you know, go to where they're supposed to have this wizard's duel, come to find out that they were actually tricked by Draco and he didn't, he wasn't ever going to show up. That's kind of how they end up being where they're not supposed to be. Um, same thing, some similar things happen. Filch, you know, Mrs. Norris, that whole thing. And that's how they run into Fluffy in the book. <laughs> Next time we disagree about something, I'm going to challenge you to a wizard's duel. <laughs> I will win. <laughs> um so yeah so but then the next thing we get in the movie is uh oliver wood explaining what quidditch is the quaffles and the bludgers and the golden snitch mm-hmm. um which is a very simple game really yeah yes and there isn't too much you know it just it's basically just a scene how it happens in the book and the movie explaining what quidditch is mm-hmm. um what i didn't appreciate though is in the movie wood says if you wi- if you catch the snitch mm-hmm. You win. That yeah. doesn't necessarily always happen, right? I, they the, actually kind of mention that in the book, and then but then they go into more detail in the book. Yeah, because if you get the snitch, you do get I think it's one hundred and fifty points. Mm-hmm. If your competitor has more points than you, they technically win. Grabbing the snitch ends the game. It right. doesn't guarantee you a win. So I thought that was a little weird. Well, and in the book, don't they mention that one of like the longest Quidditch games was like seven months or something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they could never find the snitch. Yeah. <laughs> they had to put in um, replacements to give yeah. people time off. Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought that, I was like, that makes no sense at all. Then yeah. why is everyone else playing all this other stuff? Right. If that just ends it. More often than not, you do end up being the winner because you you have to play a while to yeah. accrue that many points. But yeah, yeah I don't like that. <laughs> uh, but then the next, the next scene we get in the movie is the class about levitating, which is what, what is that thing? The spell? Wingardium Leviosa. Yes, that one. Um, but this is where we get the swish and flick. <laughs> We've been working on the swish and flick. Um, but interesting enough, different, one of the most iconic lines in this movie is what you just said. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Exactly. <laughs> but in the book, she that is not what she emphasizes. No. She emphasizes something different. She emphasizes the gar in Wingardium. Yeah. Leviosa. <laughs> so not sure why it changed. But again, another thing that is very iconic to this movie that is not the same as the book, right. which I thought was interesting. Um, but after that class, this is where Ron, you know, is talking crap about Hermione and how she's so impossible. <laughs> and he hears her and then or she hears him and then runs off. What I thought was interesting is in the in the book, you very much get a Ron and Harry versus Hermione dynamic in the first part of the book up until this point yeah Yeah, you don't fully get that in the in the movie like you know that they're kind of annoyed with her but Mm -hmm. like it it seems like the three of them together pretty much the whole time agreed um but yeah so that leads us to halloween so it's now halloween at hogwarts and there's all those pumpkins and all the candy (laughs) and i love halloween next to 
I know you don't like Halloween, but yeah. next next to Christmas, Halloween's my jam, as you know from all of our Halloween <laughs> books I made Roche read. Yeah. Um, but this is where the troll, there's a troll in the castle. In the dungeon. In the dungeon, in the castle. <laughs> um, but we also see that Hermione is not at the feast. She is in the bathroom crying. Mm-hmm. So everyone starts to panic. After Quirrell comes in and, and, you know, basically yells bomb. Right. And, and then, but of course, Dumbledore comes in and says, you want to, you want to give this one a go? What does Dumbledore say? Silence! I think you could have done better. No. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't subject our <laughs> listeners to that. But then everyone comes down and everyone quietly, you know, tries to get to safety. But Ron and Harry are like, "Oh my gosh, we got to go find Hermione. She's in the bathroom crying because we're jerks right. basically." Um, but the troll is they they see the troll walking and the troll in the movie goes straight into the bathroom and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we got to go find her." He's in the bathroom in the book, but for a different reason. Because they lock him in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they <laughs> they Trick, trick him into going into the bathroom, not realizing that it's the girl's bathroom, and then lock him in with Hermione. Right. And then they're like, oh, God, Hermione's in there. <laughs> so then they have to go back. Yeah. So this is actually, though, the scene is probably second place to horrible graphics. Mm-hmm. Because the graphics in this scene are awful as well. When Harry jumps on the troll's back, mm-hmm. it's just bad. Um, but Harry sticks the wand up into the troll's nose, which is gross. <laughs> troll bogeys. Um, Ron does the spell that he was making fun of Hermione for being a know-it-all for. And he knocks the troll out with his club, which happens, you know, in the book mm-hmm. as well. Um, but Hermione ends up taking the fall for them when they get caught for being out of, out of, out of, uh, out of where they're supposed to be, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, but really, that's where, in the book, they become a trio, mm-hmm. really. Like, it, it kind of solidifies it more in the movie, but that was really the turning point for them in the book. A fun fact that I did not include is, it, it, it is mentioned that that's, like, the day that they became best friends, but it's also the 10-year anniversary of um, Harry's parents being killed. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. There's so much things out there about the, like i can't put all these things together no there's too much <laughs> uh so but now it's the day of the first quidditch match and one thing that was also very different is in the book when harry is announced to be the new seeker they don't tell anybody mm-hmm. they keep it a secret they keep it a secret because they want him to be like his their secret weapon mm-hmm. and so there was like this big kind of like hush hush about it and so on the day of the quidditch match in the in the movie he ends up getting delivered this uh, the, the new broomstick the right. nimbus 2000 mm-hmm. and everyone knows that he's going to be the seeker and and there's no oh what is this right thing. <laughs> um but also one thing to point point out is that this morning of the match is where they notice that Snape is limping and they automatically think like, Oh, he must've been trying to get past fluffy because he's limping. I'm like, bro, I'm 33 years old. I randomly limp every day. <laughs> like, well, his limp technically is related to that. It is, but, but yes. how are you going to make that connection? It's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch for me. Um, but they start playing the game and then very quickly on Harry ends up losing control of his broomstick and, Hermione and Ron thinks that it's Snape who's trying to get him to fall off his broomstick because they think he's behind all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And Harry's about to fall off and Hermione ends up lighting Snape's robe on fire and then he's able to get back up on there. So again, that's why they think he's doing this to him because that's what 
fix this problem. Um, but at the same time, we see in the movie that Professor Quarrel is also in this scene, which is very important. In the book, uh, it's a little different. As Hermione's running to go light fire or to Snape's robes, she actually runs into Professor Quirrell, mm. like as she's running, as opposed to in the movie, Snape almost, Snape essentially knocks Quirrell over. Yeah. But he gets back up on his broomstick, Harry does, and he's still headed to get the golden snitch. And he does this thing where he like stands on the broomstick and then he falls off and then he swallows it. And then it comes out and he does swallow it in the book, but there isn't this big dramatic. He's walking on the broomstick and he falls. No, he He, just goes after it. And then, yeah. Well, and then everyone complains. They're like, he didn't catch it. He ate it. (laughs) And I'm like, that's totally me. Let me see your contest rules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's no rules against catching it with your mouth. Yeah. But it was very early on in the match. So Gryffindor wins. Mm -hmm. Huzzah. So Ron, Harry, and Hermione end up running into Hagrid and they ask about Fluffy or Fluffy comes up and he said, and what Hagrid says is whatever Fluffy is guarding is between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. And they're like, okay, who's Nicholas Flamel? <laughs> and in the book, Good one, it, Hagrid. yeah. And actually in the book, it takes him quite a while to figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. Yeah. Um, so, but now they, they're trying to figure out who he is. And in the book, they, I mean, it's like, they talk about how they're in the library for hours and days and days and days. And they don't really go into that, you know, into much detail in the, in the movie about how they spend so much time trying to figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. Um, but now it's Christmas, Christmas at Hogwarts. So pretty. And Ron and Harry are playing wizard's chest and we get introduced to that about, and of course, Hermione's like, it's so barbaric. (laughs) That's what Um, I would say. Uh, but we find out that Ron and Harry are staying at school during during Christmas instead of, you know, going home like Hermione is. And then now it's Christmas morning and Harry never gets presents. He's never had presents before, but he has Christmas presents this year, including his fabulous Christmas sweater, <laughs> which is interesting to note. You know, it's very much it's always the R and the H sweater mm-hmm. in the book. I don't they don't mention that that theirs have actual letters on no, them. The only ones that do are Fred and George because his their mom can't tell them apart. <laughs> right. So I'm very happy that they added that to the yes. movie. It's a great visual and we wouldn't be wearing these shirts right. today. <laughs> um, but also an important thing that wasn't given to Harry. Harry does not get a flute from Hagrid. Mm-hmm. during Christmas as he does in the book. That's right. So not sure why, because it kind of plays an important part in the book for something, but they replace it with something else. Yeah. <laughs> that explained a lot. <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but he does get, this is where he gets his invisibility cloak. Do you want to explain what the invisibility cloak is? Sure. Um, it's weird because in the book, actually um, it's, it's described as like almost like a silvery, like, see-through-y mm-hmm. kind of blanket well in the in the movie blanket cloak um in the movie it's like this brown grayish color so it's a lot more vis- visible mm-hmm. in the movie uh, i think that was for effect but essentially when you drape this cloak around you um any part of you that it's covering becomes invisible i need one of those i do too need that <laughs> 
Um, so he doesn't know who it's from. It just says, you know, use, doesn't it say like, use, use it the, well, use it well. It belonged to his father. Yeah. Tell a 12, 11 year old to use it well. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but he uses it to go to the restricted part of the library to f- try to figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. And <laughs> he opens one book and it's this screaming person <laughs> jumping out of the book. Um, and that alerts, um, Filch that he's in the, in the vicinity, but he can't see him because, right. you know, he has, he's invisible. Um, but at the same time, so Harry's trying to leave and he runs into Snape and Quirrell. So he, again, thinks that Snape is the mastermind between whatever was stolen out of the bank. Right. He hears what, things out of context. Very much so. <laughs> um, but Harry ends up, you know, he's trying to get away because he's want to get in trouble and he runs into a random door to hide. Mm-hmm. Something to mention uh, in the book at this point, he does not see Snape and Quirrell. He only sees um, Filch talking to Snape saying there's somebody out of mm. bed. Very true. I guess I can mention it now in the book. <laughs> yeah. He sees them later in the Forbidden Forest and the same similar um, exchange happens. It's just in a different place. Yes. So, but the room that he runs into is where he ends up finding the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm. I had to... I had to like phonetically put that out. That was good. That was good. <laughs> um, and he sees his parents when he's in the mirror. Hold on. Did you see the inscriptions? Did you read the inscription in the book? Yeah. It's like, you can't, it's not, you can't pronounce it. Oh, but you can. Cause if you read it backwards, okay, it reads, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. Okay. And that's why it's the mirror of Erised. Cause Erised backwards is desire. Oh my God. <laughs> I have to tell the people this stuff. I know. My head just hurts. Actually, do you know you can actually get one of those from like Pottery Barn? A mirror of Erised? Yeah, it's like $700. One of the girls I follow on Instagram oh, that's got it for her, for her nursery. <laughs> for a nursery? Yeah. That's she's, aggressive. She's like a millionaire. It's fine. Okay. Uh, um, but so when Harry looks into the mirror, he sees his mom and dad. In the, in the book, he sees his mom and dad and other people. Basically his entire lineage. Yeah. I did not like that in the book. That they included everybody. Yes, it was such it was such a more like meaningful moment in the movie when it was just his parents. Well, and it makes more sense because why would you desire? I mean, you, I think his whole thing is he desires family. family yeah, but like the whole thing is that he desires his mom and dad. Right. You know, so um, but he that runs back. Yeah, he runs back immediately to tell Ron in the movie. I think in the book, doesn't he like not want to tell Ron right away about it? Uh, no, I think he does. Go the same time, like this, that same night and tells mm. him. Well, so he brings Ron back to the mirror and <laughs> and he thinks Ron's going to see his family, but it's not. It, Ron, you know, wants to be head boy and Quidditch master. And uh, that's his deepest desire, evidently. Him and everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Harry goes back to the mirror the next night and he actually runs into Dumbledore at the at the mirror. And basically, you know, he tells him what this mirror is and how dangerous it can be. And you can waste your life just staring into it. Um, and he tells him that the mirror is going to be moved at this point, um, <coughs> which becomes very important at, at the end of the book. Yes. Uh, one scene that I, that was added to the movie is the beautiful snow scene mm-hmm. with Harry and Hedwig. And it's just the most gorgeous scene that it's I'm so, so happy pretty. they added to it. Well, yeah. And then it transforms into yeah. spring. And now, so now they're back from Christmas break. Everyone's back. And 
this part's very different. So Hermione comes back and is like, I know who Nicholas Flamel is. I figured it out. Um, in the book, she's not the one who figures it out. No. So like I mentioned um, at the beginning of the book, when Harry gets the um, chocolate frog card, there is a mention of Nicholas Flamel on Dumbledore's card. Um, the way that it happens in the book at this point is Harry's trying to make Neville feel better because Draco played a mean trick on him. So he gives him a frog just to like cheer him up. And he's like, oh, I got Dumbledore. I have a bunch of these. And then he goes, oh my gosh, this is where I've read who Flamel is. And then they look him up. So Nicholas Flamel ends up being a... Um, a wizard who learned about alchemy and essentially created the Philosopher's Stone, which is essentially the elixir of life. Um, whoever possesses the stone lives forever. Yes. Uh, so, but then the next scene, now that everything, you know, is figured out in that world, <laughs> uh, they head to see Hagrid in his hut and we get introduced to my favorite character, <laughs> Fang. Oh, I thought you were going to say Norbert. <laughs> no, uh, Fang is Hagrid's dog who, uh, you know, kind of looks like my dog. <laughs> yeah, he's got a few more jowls than a I think Abby more does. Jowls. Yeah, I have a old English bulldog, black old English bulldog, and she is a mini Fang. <laughs> she is gentle like Fang is. Yes, <laughs> and a scaredy cat. <laughs> um, but... He, he, you know, they go to Hagrid to try to find more answers about Nicholas Flamel and the Sorcerer's Stone. And they tell him that the stone is being protected by spells and enchantments and everything. And then he tells him, oh, by the way, I have this dragon egg. <laughs> I got this thing. Because he in the book, he mentions multiple times about how he's always wanted mm-hmm. a dragon. Um, and something to point out in the book, they talk about how one of Ron's older brothers is... Is like a, he studies dragons yeah. in Romania. Yes. And Hagrid goes on to tell him how they, he he won this this egg from a stranger in a pub. Just a fine coincidence. Sounds pretty legit. Um, and a little bit different. They kind of mush these together. Uh, nor or the the egg actually hatches while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of a little bit more back and forth of when this egg is gonna hatch. Right. But it's a brand new baby boy. A Norwegian Ridgeback mm-hmm. <laughs> dragon. And it's just this little thing breathing fire. It's so cute. So cute. Um, but they see that Draco is outside of the hut and has seen, the, has now seen the dragon. And which is against the rules. Hagrid is not supposed to have a dragon. No one is supposed no to one have a dragon. <laughs> and very different. What happens is Draco goes directly to Professor McGonagall to tell him about the dragon and that, that they're out of their rooms. He's basically just a tattletale about it all. And she ends up taking 50 points from each of them and gives them detention, including Draco. And then they talk about how they are going to send that Dumbledore is going to send the dragon off to live in Romania, to live in a colony. Mm -hmm. And, and then it just is kind of dropped at that point. A lot more happens about this dragon in the book. Way more. So when they do visit uh, Hagrid, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback, ends up biting Ron. Um, So Ron has to go to the hospital wing because he, you know, hurt himself. Um, So Ron's bye-bye. But at this point, he, I guess, like, gives a, um, a... Draco steals a book of his that had a note from his brother, Charlie, giving him instructions on how they were going to retrieve... Norbert. Um, So Draco now knows that there's this plan to go out to the top of the astronomy tower to 
get rid of Norbert or send him on his way. So he actually does tattle on them, tells McGonagall, hey, they're planning to do this. And McGonagall doesn't believe him. He's like, oh yeah, they had, she's like, yeah, they have a dragon. Okay. Anyway, so they, uh, Harry and Hermione at this point use the cloak to go up to the, um, to the tower and to uh, send Norbert on his way. Make the exchange. Right. Well, <laughs> on their way down, they, in their flurry of craziness, they forget the invisibility cloak and they run into Filch. And that's how they get in trouble. Um, at this point, they run into Draco and Neville because Neville decided to run after them to warn them that Draco knows. So now it's Draco, Neville, Harry, and Hermione who in the book have to do Detention. detention. Very, a little different. <laughs> so, and their detention is working with Hagrid in the Dark Forest, which is named differently in the book, isn't it? The Forbidden Forest? It's the Forbidden Forest, yes. Um, and so, yeah, so they, in the book, like Rosha just said, Neville is with them in the forest. In the, in the movie, they put Ron back mm-hmm. in there, which, you know... To nail home the main characters, I it's guess you got you got to keep Ron in there. Um, but Hagrid talks about how you know they keep finding unicorn blood, and they're trying to figure out you know that th- there's a hurt unicorn somewhere. Something is causing these unicorns ho- uh, harm, and I'm like, these kids are 11 years old. This is what you're having them do for detention. This is <laughs> wild <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> this is wild. But anyway, so the way they split up is. Draco and Harry and Fang and then Ron, Hermione and Hagrid in the in the movie. In the book it's Draco, Fang and Neville to start with mm-hmm. and then Harry, Hermione and Hagrid. Yes. Um and then Draco ends up what scary Neville or something, I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, nothing matters <laughs> because we're still here. Um but they end up seeing so Harry and Fang and Draco end up running into this robed character um, who is drinking the blood of the unicorn. Poor, poor unicorn. And then a centaur comes in and rescues them or rescues Harry because that dark figure is now trying to attack Mm -hmm. Harry. And the centaur ends up telling him, you know, about the unicorn and that the unicorn blood can keep you from dying and it keeps you, keeps you alive, but that life will be a half life and a cursed life. life. Yes. Um, in the book, there's a lot more centaurs. Yeah. And he's riding one. Yeah, the one we meet in the movie is Ferenz, but we meet one, or we meet Bane and Ronan as well. The What we're understanding about the centaurs is they know a lot, but they don't reveal a lot. Yes. Um, and something um, important to note is um, at one point, Ferenz in the book says, the planets have been read wrongly before now, even by centaurs. I hope this is one of those times. This is a key reference to something that happens way later in the books wild (laughs) um but then they tell him that you know that is voldemort that's who that was that was trying to that just killing the unicorns um and at this point harry still thinks it's snape (laughs) he still thinks it's all about snape and that it all links to him but now they're back at the school and harry's scar is burning like burning a lot and that's where we get this is actually one of the first times where his scar is burning and that you, it correlates to that there's danger coming. Mm -hmm. And at this point, there's like a aha moment for Harry. And he's like, Hagrid was duped, you know, Hagrid, (laughs) poor Hagrid, poor Hagrid. Um, and so Hagrid tells him how he came to get fluffy, you know, with the guy in the alleyway playing games or whatever. And you mean Norbert, the dragon Norbert. Yeah. Norbert. Um, and how he also told this guy 
how to calm Fluffy down. Yeah, she and didn't say that. <laughs> he should not have told the person how to calm Fluffy. So they immediately tried to run and find Dumbledore uh, to tell him that someone is going to get past Fluffy because they know, which is all like, okay, what's the, what are the chances that Harry figures this out? And that person immediately that day is, is trying to go and get <laughs> right. us. But anyways, um, but Dumbledore has been called away. Um, in the book, they kind of talk about how Dumbledore getting called away was probably a, a ruse to get him out of the school, but they don't mention that in the book. I think it's the implied. Movie. Yeah. Um, but they run into Snape on the way there. Again, they still think it's him. <laughs> um, but then they start to make the plan that they're going to go down the trap door tonight. It all goes down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but now they, they're they headed. It's Ron, Hermione, and Harry are headed to go find the Sorcerer's Stone. And they run into Neville. And Neville tries to stop him. Like the hero he is. I know. <laughs> um, and so, but now they get to the point where they're going through the trap or the locked door where Fluffy is. And different how it happens in the movie. The movie, there's a harp already playing mm-hmm. and Fluffy is asleep. That's not what happens in the book. No, whoever was there before them used some something to, to, to put him to sleep. But the flute that Hagrid gave him for Christmas comes into play here. And that's what they use to put um, Fluffy to sleep. Yes. Um, this whole thing where they have to go and figure out how to get to the Sorcerer's Stone very much just reminded me of Ready Player One. How they kept having to go through all these different yes. like challenges uh-huh. to get to the next gate and portal. It just it made me laugh <laughs> to think about that. Um, but yeah, so they end up getting down through the trap door. I mean, it's way more dramatic in the <laughs> in the movie. Um, but they jump down and they get tangled in Devil's Snare, which is basically like these vines that mm. attack you. And no big deal. No big deal. But something that was different in the book immediately, Hermione figures out basically how to how to fight it. I yeah, guess. she uses a fire in the book as opposed to sunlight. Yeah, but yeah, same thing. But what they added in the in the movie is that she talks about how you how you have to relax mm-hmm. and it'll just drop you down. That yeah. doesn't happen in the book no. at all. So, um, so they get through that challenge after Ron panics, <laughs> and I love it. he's like, "Lucky no one panicked." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but uh, so they got through that challenge. Now they go into a room there where there's a bunch of flying keys and they realize that to get through the next door, they have to figure out what the right key is. And, and in the movie, there's only one broomstick mm-hmm. in the book. There's three. Correct. And they all kind of like plan this like scheme, how to get this key and, right. and whatever. Anyways, Harry ends up, you know, getting the key because he's the best seeker in the world or whatever. Also, what they added is apparently um, once you get on the broom, they, the keys attack you. Right. <laughs> well, and it's so funny. I've seen this movie so many times, but in the book, it how it describes how they know why that key has its wing is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, for some reason, every time I watched it, I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird that the, the wing is broken and they know automatically that's it. In the book, they describe it's broken because someone has already used, used it. it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, duh, that makes so much sense. And I've never thought of it. Totally. That yeah. They used it. They rammed or jammed it into the things. Obviously it looks different than all the other ones. Yeah. So anyway, so now they get through the door and it's the giant wizard's chest, which this scene is epic. So cool. It is so cool. Um, and Ron is, you know, he's a great wizard or wizard's chess player. So he gets them through that and they win. 
but he had to sacrifice himself so he cannot go on because he's knocked out basically <laughs> um a little different in the in the book in the movie is in the movie the when they do checkmate the sword drops mm-hmm. and in the book he like throws his crown down the or king, something yeah throws his crown down um so Again, another big difference that they actually omitted from the movie is Harry's the only one that moves on to the next challenge. And the next challenge in the book, they completely nixed in the movie. I know. I'm actually really sad. So in the book, um, Ron is left behind and Hermione actually goes with Harry to the next thing. They walk past a room where a troll has already been defeated. And then they walk into another room where there is a potions challenge. I am so mad because this is so such a great part in the book that they completely take. Well, and it's interesting because we were talking about how Hermione is such a bigger part in the movie Mm -hmm. Yet the one part she really has in the book, they took shows. out. I know. It's crazy. I don't know why for time probably, but like, it's such a great scene in the, in the book. I'm really sad that they took it yeah. out. Yeah. But so she didn't get her, her moment there. No, but so essentially in this potions um, room, they have to figure out which one you have to drink to be able to walk through the fire to get to the next point. What, what they realize is there's only enough for one person to go through. So they figure out one that will that Hermione drinks to go back to get Ron and get help with Dumb, from Dumbledore. And then Harry finds the one that he can drink to make get to the next point. Yeah. And one thing that they talked about in the book as well, though, is that each professor made one of the challenges, Mm -hmm. which I thought was very interesting that they don't touch on in the movie at all, because it kind of makes sense of how, how it would be a little bit easier for a professor to get down there because they know at least one way how to get through, through it. Uh, So now in the movie though, we are basically at the final challenge Mm -hmm. and Quirrell, Quirrell, (laughs) Quirrell is already there. And that's where the mirror has been. The the mirror of Erised has been moved to. And we find out that, Snape is not involved. The the no. Snape theory is gone. It is this guy. This guy did it. Um, but he can't figure out how to find the stone. He's now there. He knows that the stone is there somewhere, but he's like, what is this mirror? I, I can see myself holding it, but it's not, I don't have, like, he can't figure it out. And all of a sudden you hear this voice and it says, use the boy. <laughs> and we're like, God, like, who is that? <laughs> So now Harry goes in front of the mirror and he sees himself with the stone in his pocket Mm -hmm. and he can actually physically feel it in his pocket. So he knows he has it now. And, and Coral is like, what do you see? What do you see? And he's like, I've won the house cup and basically what Ron saw. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then we hear, you know, the voice again saying the boy lies. And, and so, that's when Quirrell unwraps the turban and we see Voldemort's face basically in the back of his head, which is interesting because he has a nose right. in the face, which the nose gets nixed in the rest of the movies. Yeah. And it's so iconic because that's what, you know, what you picture Voldemort looking like. Well, so and not... they mention it in the in the book how he just has slits for, for, for nose. For nostrils. So. That's true. Yeah. I don't really know why they did that. I don't have a good answer for yeah. that. So he knows that Harry has the stone in his pocket and he tries to you know, play off of Harry's desire of wanting his parents. And he says, I can use that to bring back your parents. Bullshit. Yeah. Which is BS. (laughs) And that part's actually not in the book. They don't, he doesn't try to manipulate him that way. Uh, Not in that way. He just says like, it must, it'll be easier if you just work with me than against me. Yes. And, 
you know, at this point, Quirrell tries to kill Harry to get the stone. But when he goes to strangle Harry, he starts burning and he turns and it, it, this happens very quickly in the movie. Like mm-hmm. he goes to try to strangle him. He burns and then he goes into ash. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, that was really fast yeah. because in the book, it it's not as quick. So, yeah. So like I said, Wade, you know, almost an hour and a half ago um, when he originally meets Harry uh, in the book. Ah, did it click? Just now. <laughs> so in the book, he does, he's, you know, he shakes his hand, whatever. Everything's fine because he doesn't have the turban at this point. So Voldemort has not basically like come into his body at that point. Possessed. In the book. Possessed <laughs> his body at that point. But at this now at, in the movie, um, when he goes to grab him, he, he starts to burn. The The difference is in the movie, it's when Harry grabs Quirrell as opposed True. to Quirrell grabbing Harry. Yeah. Not that it matters, but when he grabs him by the hand, he realizes, oh, like whatever I'm doing to Quirrell yeah. is making him deteriorate essentially. Yeah. But I absolutely love this scene. Yeah. Like the way that he just like crumbles to ash is so But it great. makes so much more sense after reading the book. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I was like, okay, that's just what happens, you know? <laughs> um, but and then really kind of after that part in the book, though, that's when Harry passes out right mm-hmm. away. In the movie, they have Voldemort's spirit come out of Quirrell and it passes through Harry mm-hmm. and then he passes out. Yeah. And you think maybe Harry's dead. Clearly not, because there's 18 more books. <laughs> um, but he waits. <laughs> he <aggressive>. waits. <laughs> he, uh, or I should, I should say there's like, um, you know, 18, 80, no, like 800,000 more words. There you go. There we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he wakes up in the hospital and he has all the treats, which is, if I ever go into a coma, just please make sure that there's like treats everywhere. Who said he was in a coma? Well, he passes out. He doesn't wake up for a while. He, it's been like days. three days. <laughs> if I am passed out for three days, I better be waking up I'll to give some you all of chocolate the frogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Dumbledore's there and he tells him that the stone has been destroyed. And and then he asks, you know, does that mean Nicholas Fulmel's going to die? And he said, yes, but he's... He's lived a, a long life. Yeah, six hundred okay plus years. <laughs> Something to note here um, that it that happens in the book. Uh, Harry asks Dumbledore, like, "Why does Voldemort want to kill me?" And again, a little nugget for later. Um, he tells him, "You will know one day. Put it from your mind for now, Harry. When you are older, I know you hate to hear this. When you are ready, you will know." <sighs> so wise. <laughs> So wise. Um, but yeah, so, but in the movie, Dumbledore just basically tells him that the reason he got the stone, you know, is because the only person that could get it would be the person who wouldn't, who would want it, but not use it. Right. Um, which like, wow, that was brilliant. And he even says, one of my more clever <laughs> things. Um, but you know, Harry asked him like, is can Voldemort return? And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he can. Um, but you know, your mother's love is what protected you. Like y- your mom's love was so ingrained in you. And that's what, you know, protects you from his harm. Um, and then one thing that I was so happy they kept in the movie is when Dumbledore starts eating the birdie bots. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, earwax. <laughs> yes. And at this point in the book, Ron and Hermione actually go and visit him mm-hmm. in the hospital wing. And in the movie, they don't, they don't have him until, or they don't see him until basically the cup awarding ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to to add that I didn't mention earlier is we don't get in the in the movie at all about how the rest of the Gryffindor house 
basically hates these three. Oh, yeah. They get so mad at them because they keep getting in trouble. And losing and, points. Yeah. And they don't talk to him. The Quidditch team doesn't talk to him because they keep, you know, being these meddling kids right. and losing points. So we're now at the House Cup awarding and the end of the year feast and, and Gryffindor's in last embarrassing embarrassing <laughs> um and that slytherin is is in the lead and dumbledore says that he wants to award some last minute points to ron hermione and harry for saving the sorcerer's stone and to neville of course neville had his time of course um and then he goes a change of decoration you know is in order and then he changes it to gryffindor and they win yeah wins and now it's time to go Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get out Gotta of here. Go. Get out of here. Oh, and so now they're headed back home. They're, you know, at the Hogwarts Express. And Har- or Hagrid gives Harry a book of photos from his parents. And he, in the book, gives it to him, I think, when he's in the hospital wing. Yeah. Um. Um, and then Hagrid tells him, you know, that he should threaten um, Dudley with magic because he doesn't know that he can't use it. Uh, in the book, that's actually what Harry says to Ron and Hermione. Mm-hmm. Hagrid's not the one who says it, yeah. but I was glad that it, they kept that in there. But yeah, but then there, I was like, Harry, are you ready to go home? And he's like, I'm not going home. Not really. So cute. So I like cute. the way that kind of uh, ended the movie because mm-hmm. the book, you get a little bit more. They actually end up getting back to um, King's Cross in London and uh, the Dursleys are waiting for him begrudgingly mm-hmm. and Hermione or I think Her- Ron invites them to his house over the summer and that's kind of how it ends the book. Yeah. Yeah. The movie kind of ends just kind of right. Yeah. It has the train going mm-hmm. away and then fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We made it. <laughs> Wowza. <laughs> Almost Wowza. two hours in. <laughs> Wowza. Okay. So did the books, did the movie stay true to the book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have this in my notes. We It may change as we do these, but in at this current state, this is the most true that the movie stays to the book. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty basic, like, in terms of introducing characters, yeah. you know, Hogwarts yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you got to say yes for mm-hmm. the most part. There's the little things you can nitpick. But, yeah. But um, so book one, are you doing the book or the movie? What do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say the book. I'm actually going with the movie. Good. I'm glad you are. <laughs> this may most likely will not happen um, right. with every single one. But the more I thought about this and in this re- reread and rewatch, this movie does such an incredible job of bringing this world to life. Mm-hmm. Um, watching this movie as a young kid, like you you want to be these kids like they do such an incredible job with it the the book is still incredible you still get that feeling from the book but when you visualize something it, it just takes it to another yeah. world you so. literally took the words out of my mouth because i was gonna <laughs> say I, again it might change you know later on but this one it, it brought hogwarts to life yeah and and sometimes when people say which one's your favorite i i can always the first one is always in my top just because of the nostalgia it gives you. Um, But yeah, I'm going with the movie on this one. All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. Um, You can become a patron. We have a couple of levels. We have our rom-com level that gets you the episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in one of our future episodes and you get access to our after credits party. 
episodes. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls to subscribe. And thank you for hanging with us this entire time. Yeah. I'm exhausted, so I'm sure you're exhausted. <laughs> I hope we did the book and the movie justice, because this is really important to me. I want to make sure that we're doing it right. So if you have any complaints, send them to Rosha. <laughs> <laughs> but really, though, email us if you have things that you or want. Or maybe send them to me, because she might cry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so up next, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say. We just got to keep chugging along here. That's true. Um, Please don't stop listening to us because this is such a long episode. Come back again next week. Um, All right. That's it for this one. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.